Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Into the second hour of Oilers Now. Brendan Escott sitting with you on this Wednesday in a day in which we await the decision of Kwai Leonard. There is OJ-level press coverage going on in Toronto right now. They followed him from Pearson Airport to his hotel with a helicopter. People were waiting outside that hotel. I am nervous that this is a little overbearing for somebody who appears to be a pretty low-key guy. We still await the decision, but the bottom line is he is back in Toronto. However, this is Oilers now, and it is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. Keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. That's 780-496-0063. And you can keep those texts coming. 630-630 is the Heartland Ford text line. You can go down and see the great Gretzky, Mike Gretzky at Heartland Ford and Griff Jarvis at Heartland RV. And tell them Oilers Now sent you. I do have Twitter open right now. I'm at Brendan Escott. The show is at Oilers Now and Bob is at Bob underscore Stoffer. He will be back tomorrow. Bunch of great texts we're going to get to in uh, a little bit here, but right now we want to talk Brick Tournament. It's weird to put so much stock into an Adam Hockey Tournament. These kids can only be as old as 10 years old, and yet so many of the players that have come through this city as part of that tournament have made the jump to the NHL. I encourage you to go to their website and look it up because just as a sports fan, it was pretty outstanding the amount of talent that comes through here. So it all starts and ends with the chairman of it, and that is Craig Stiles. We are pleased to be joined on our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Craig, uh, let's start this off by just you telling me how long have you been involved with the tournament and what growth have you seen over that period of time? Yeah, I've been involved uh, 30 years and three months. <laughs> we uh, we had three months to get ready for the first tournament, and uh, Bill and myself were coaching the, uh, the, the first team as well as I was... Uh, organizing uh getting the other teams here for that weekend and uh andy wigston was managing the team we had uh we had a group of young kids including mike comrie which was uh uh you know primarily the reason for the tournament so uh that was an exciting uh exciting three months leading up to it and that weekend who would have believed that this is where we'd be today well, exactly. And Craig, when you get to the milestone year, it's, it's kind of fun to look back and, and just sort of see what's changed and how far you guys have come. Um, have you stuck to the tried and true formula? Has the format changed at all? What makes it different now, 30 well, years down the road? You know, I was thinking about that this morning. What makes us different is that there was no model for us. There really was no template for what we started to do. We we invented along the way, and uh, we continue to do that. So 
every year there's something new that we'll add or tweak or uh, modify. We have a, a great group of uh, younger people that are following in behind Andy and myself with, you know, technology and updating and, you know, no, no longer do we have score sheets and everything is, everything is electronic now and uh, our the minute something is, is taking place here, uh, the second it takes place, people in Spain are watching our games. I mean, uh, it, it just has uh, uh, notoriety across the world, and uh, uh, that's why we try to be better every time we put this on. You've got, uh, as we chat right now with the chairman of the Brick Invitational Tournament, Craig Stiles. Craig, it's it's a showcase of the best Adam-aged players across North America, and it's got to mean something special to you, especially now that you've got these games broadcast, and you mentioned people overseas are even able to take this in. But just on a personal level, what does it mean to you to be able to showcase some of the best young hockey talent in the world right here in Edmonton? Well, you know, I take a real personal... Uh uh, amount of pride in, in what we have achieved as a group and as a committee and, and really as an organization with the brick behind us. And uh, just, you know, I'm a family man. I've got children. I love seeing my children enjoy life. And uh, uh, they're involved. They've been involved since the, the earliest of ages that they could walk and, and come out to, to the event. And I see the joy and happiness that it brings to families right across uh, North America. We bring, you know, 240 families here. This isn't, this isn't uh, drop the kid off and he's at a hockey tournament and pick him up after in a 30 below arena. It's the environment. It's the holiday atmosphere here. It's all of the uh, things for everything you can imagine for a family at a hockey tournament. And then you get the caliber of on-ice product. I mean, you go down the list uh, of alumni, Craig, from this tournament, and it's it's just outstanding. Everybody from Quinn Hughes to Logan Couture, Zach Wierenski, Mitch Marner. Um, over the years that you've been involved, is there anybody whose performance at this tournament maybe stands out most? Like, can you tell who's going to make that jump, even though these guys are only up to 10 years old? You know, my, my attention was really probably more so in the early years. And uh, when I saw Jay Bomeister play here as a basically an eight-and-a-half-year-old and control the entire game, and uh, uh, then in his second year, I just, you know, uh, I thought, how could this kid not uh, be an NHL player? Uh, he had great, uh, great support with his family, Dan. And, uh, and, of course, you know, Mike Comrie as a, he was small, so that was the only thing that you probably would hold you back, thinking he might be not be an NHL player. But he was just so much better and faster and quicker than everybody at that age. And then, then we moved into players like Nigel Dawes, who uh, was a was a phenomenal player in our tournament and and had a shot at the NHL. But you know, he just didn't stick around in the NHL. You just you just don't know what's going to happen at this age. Uh, what's going to be the final outcome? And and we know also that not every kid that makes the NHL is going to be playing in our tournament. So there's a lot of things that take place in eight years between now and, and the draft, but it just seems that more and more, and you're going to see it next year. This year we had 34 uh, kids in the, in the draft. We had uh, 14 of the first 31. Uh, next year you'll see we'll have even more. So, and that's just a result of, of how seemingly important it is for kids around uh, North America to try to get into this uh, first tournament uh, 
that they'll they'll face. And just to, to put in perspective for the listeners, Craig, so these are club teams. This is a collection, like take BC, for example. That's from everybody across the province, and they get selected. So it's really uh, a kind of a best-on-best best tournament. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's totally fair to say. It's it's it, it's an elite tournament. Uh, we never feel shy about saying that. It's a, it's a time to showcase uh, players, and uh, it's an opportunity for, for everybody, parents especially included, to see how their son stacks up against some of the best in North America. And once you get out of your own pond, and uh, it can be, it can be uh, eye-opening in terms of the quality of, of the players that are out there. And, and that only makes these kids even better hockey players in the future when uh, they're, you know, they're training at 10, 11, and 12. It's no different than kids going into the Olympics or uh, whatever field of choice they have, uh, mathematics or whatever. Once you see what the competition really is out there, then there's opportunity for you to even get that much better with more effort and practice and training. Chatting with Craig Stiles, he's the chairman of the Brick Invitational Tournament, 30th installment of this tournament over at West Edmonton Mall. It's on now through the 7th of July, and you've had a, a couple days now to see some game action, Craig. Is there, a, is there a favorite team or is there a standout player? Anything that's really uh, turning heads so far early on? Well, we'll always be a little bit partial in our own thinking to uh, Team Brick Alberta, and uh, they've had uh, some uh, uh, work to do over the last few years, and uh, I think this year they have a, a really, really good team. They, they, they have a defenseman that uh, is a standout player. He's, he's, he's in the class of uh, a lot of other players that we just mentioned at, at early age, and I would, I would follow his career for sure. Uh, um, Landon uh, Dupont, uh, number ten with uh, Team Brick Alberta, a beautiful defenseman, and uh, there are other players in this tournament uh, that are really, really talented. And uh, uh, we actually have <laughs> we have an import playing from Beijing, China. Oh wow! And uh, this is this is going to be a new twist and something that we are uh, looking into. Uh, this uh, this particular kid practices, flies over. To Toronto uh, on a regular basis, uh, practices with the team, goes back. There's kind of unlimited wealth in certain circles in in China, and uh, apparently uh, there's 20 kids just like him at this age. So they're putting a lot of pressure to see uh, how we can how we can accommodate uh, a team from China. I don't know in the foreseeable future how that's going to work, just because of logistics. But uh, they're there, every team has a core group of really good players, and uh, uh, the standouts. They, it may be a little early to see the ultimate standout because that seems to always happen. And on Sunday at 12:30 in our final game, that uh, some uh, some player that's been supporting the cast all of a sudden turns it on and becomes a star. I've got one more for you here, Craig, as we're chatting with the chairman of yeah. the Brick Invitational Tournament. Um, I, I'm curious about some of the challenges in putting on this tournament. Uh, obviously, just with the rink itself, I know that some major renovations have gone on in the past uh, 18 or so months there to to make it so that the playing surface is even you know quality enough for this kind of thing. But just uh, maybe run down what it's like for you and some of the obstacles you guys have had to overcome to keep putting on such a high caliber a tournament. Yeah, you know, from from day one, uh, we were building dressing rooms. We uh, we were uh, 
working on the players' boxes. We we uh, we made we made do with what was here in the early stages. This is a, basically a skating rink and uh, uh, practice uh, the odd time for the Edmonton Oilers. And then uh, as time progressed, we got dressing rooms and uh, uh, the ice plant itself uh, started to deteriorate probably five six years ago and. We were faced with uh, which seems like it used to be the norm, unusually hot uh, summers that started the first week of July when we had our tournament. But uh, with with us being in kind of an, a glassian dome, uh, the sun acted as a magnifying glass and uh, it really took its toll on the ice. And we'd have ice puddles and kids would be playing in a half inch of ice at times. But you know what? We very rarely, if ever, got a a complaint from anybody that they lost the game because of something to do with the ice. Uh, These people are really amazing and appreciate the opportunity they get here. Then West Edmonton Mall, they they made the decision, uh, I guess, like you say, about 18 months ago. We had brand new ice last year. Instead of it being 18 inches thick and trying to uh, cool that, it's like uh, five-eighths of an inch thick. It's great ice, and we haven't been hit with... uh, intense heat but we know that it'll withstand anything now just as a follow-up to that can you speak at all to the impact uh just on the mall on tourism on that kind of thing like do we know how much money this tournament brings into the to edmonton in general well i don't know dollar figures and i never trust dollar figures anyway but uh we know that from talking to many of the retailers here besides boxing week this is their biggest week we're bringing, we're bringing a thousand uh, people in here, and uh, many of them are living in the mall. And uh, they, the, the shop owners here uh, know when the brick tournament is on. They gear up for it. We get great support from the mall, obviously because it is a, uh, it is a generator of uh, revenue here. And um, it's other, other things in the city are also. Uh, uh, you know, Fort Edmonton Park, we have tours going out there and we have team reps with each one of the teams has a team rep associated with them and they will direct them to various uh, eating places in Edmonton outside of the mall and uh, other events downtown that uh, they can see. There have been, been tours of Rogers Place. Uh, they've gone to the museum. They've uh, uh, done lots of things here. Where uh, where can we tune in to watch this stuff? And if you're planning on heading down to the mall, do you just kind of pack in around the rink and it's free to watch? Or how does that stuff work? Yeah, so it's totally free to watch. Everybody packs in, like you say, around the, the glass. It's a, it's a really cool environment. It's a little bit different environment for most people that go to a hockey rink. We have a lot of open air aspect to it. And uh, it's upfront and personal for the, for the parents and uh, the... What you'll see is uh, what we're seeing is a is a trend in fan enthusiasm. I mean, there there's pictures of every kid playing uh, on that particular game, hanging from the rafters, jerseys. They've got bangers going on. It's a it's almost created uh, almost a soccer environment. People are singing and yelling. It's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of high energy here. So if it's a gloomy day or whatever, and you want to get pumped up. This is the place to come to, and we're we we got games right until uh, 9 p.m. tonight and uh, tomorrow night. The semifinals go all day Saturday, 
uh, sorry, the, the playoffs all day Saturday, and the final game is at 12.30 on Sunday, all at uh, West Edmonton Mall, um, Mayfield, Toyota, Ice Palace. Excellent stuff, Greg. I really appreciate you taking the time. It sounds like you've got a great thing going, and I wish you the best of luck through the rest of this week. Okay, thank you for uh, the opportunity to speak with you. Bye-bye. Once again, that's the chairman of the Brick Invitational Tournament now in its 30th year. Very impressive. And uh, a couple of things I want to address here before we step aside for a minute. Uh, a texture out of Fort McMurray is wondering what the selection process for players in remote areas is like. So if you're if you're coming in from somewhere out of the province um, or out of, you know, the center hub, like in Edmonton or Calgary, for example, and uh, it's it's a best of everywhere team. So everywhere in Alberta, as I understand it, you're allowed to come try out. These kids, as far as their birth years, are 2009, 2010, if I'm correct on that, which is absolutely ridiculous to think. But, uh, you know, there might be some young superstars in the making playing at West Ed right now. Again, that's on through Sunday. 122 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We'll come back with more of your text messages. Keep them coming at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just putting a bow on that conversation about the Brick Tournament. On their frequently asked questions page on their website, it says that if you if you reside in a state or province that currently uh, does not have a team in the tournament, you're essentially a, an import free agent. So I don't know what the uh, the restriction in terms of how many of those you could put together. But uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a collection of all-stars from... And they've got teams there from um, Boston and Pittsburgh and Connecticut. And, and it's, it's really good hockey uh, from the little bit that I saw when I was cruising through there on the weekend. Uh, so we've been talking about uh, some of the free agent names that are still available or some of the, the names that the Oilers may have missed on. And uh, Texture out of Red Deer here says, the Oilers haven't missed out on anybody yet. Uh, need to give a contract to Marcus Johansson, though. He's a terrific player with speed and skill that can play up and down the lineup. Uh, you know... <laughs> I, I just don't know what to make of him as a player necessarily. Obviously, anytime you can bring in a player that's got that Stanley Cup experience, I'm on board with that. I, I think he would be a fit here, but just with how tight they are to the cap, is that the sort of player that you want to spend the remaining space on? I, I would suggest that they could probably do a little bit better. Uh, Brad has suggested perhaps a... a Pugliarvi for John Gabriel Pajot trade. Uh, I think Pajot is a little bit overpaid uh, for what he does. And of course, coming off a major injury never helps anything in terms of production. But I don't, I like the player. I don't love the contract on that one. And uh, another texture out of Grand Prairie here is talking about a, a line featuring Milan Lucic, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then Josh Anderson out of Columbus. Josh Anderson is somebody that I really had hoped the Oilers were going to target at the trade deadline. He didn't have uh, the pieces to get him out of Columbus, but you look at what Columbus has lost, and Anderson is a young, bright player. I don't think they'd want to let him go. That would be my, my standpoint if I'm Yarmo Kekalainen. and you got to keep what you do have there right now because obviously guys like Matt Duchesne or Temi Panarin and, and Sergei Bobrovsky don't see that as a, as a cup-contending market given that they all just fled. So uh, they got to keep their homegrown talent. Anderson is, yeah, I, if you can get him, get him. But I think he's going to command a little bit too much money for what the Oilers can offer right now. And I don't know that Columbus would be willing to part with him anyway. Ty from Strathern is wondering what my thoughts on our uh, Valeri Nikushkin are and worth 
maybe giving him a contract. They did not tender him out of Dallas. You look at what he's done in his young career. He's still only 24 years old, a big body. Uh, But to me, he hasn't really shown the commitment to the NHL level that I would be willing to gamble on that right now. And when you've got a general manager talking so much about bringing stability to the franchise, to me, the talent uh, is is just overshadowed by the risk with a player like Valeri Nikushkin. Also, if you look at his NHL totals, he's only got a career high of 34 points and he played 79 games that year in Dallas. So uh, at some point, the player just is who he is. I think we know that Nikushkin is who he is and is likely on uh, on a bus or a train or a plane, I guess, back to, to uh, the KHL. Uh, and it's unfortunate because he was a player that obviously possessed a lot of talent. He was a lottery pick, I think, back in, uh, in his draft year in 2013, going to Dallas, and it just never panned out. Another texture out of Grand Prairie, does, does nobody need defense prospects anymore? They used to be worth two first-round picks, or is it just us that need six? Surely we could trade one for a top-six winger, except for Bouchard. Never trade Evan Bouchard. I don't think they want to trade Bouchard. Uh, yeah, I, I am quite surprised, but don't forget, I mean, just because it, nothing happened on July 1st and 2nd, and we've still got a whole off-season to go where somebody might realize that they do have a need for a defense prospect, of which the Oilers now possess quite a few. We're going to get into a little bit more conversation with Reed Wilkins and Brad Whisker, a couple of our stalwarts here at 6.30, Chet, and, uh, and we'll get their thoughts on free agency. You keep your thoughts coming at 6.30, 6.30, and we're right now off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.